Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello there, my name is Miles Jupp and I'm just interrupting you as you listen to whatever it is that you actually want to listen to to tell you about the second series of Middle Please Umpire. Middle Please Umpire is a podcast that I, Miles Jupp, if you weren't concentrating when I first introduced myself only moments ago, that's not a criticism, your thoughts are your own and you must focus them wheresoever you yourself choose, host with Mark Wood, the 95 mile an hour bowling, England playing World Cup winning Northumberland hailing cricket lunatic Mark Wood. It's another series of episodes of the two of us talking about cricket and indeed any other stuff that springs to mind, both with each other and also with a succession of frankly illustrious guests. We lift the lid on Mark's life as an international sportsman, basically he spends a lot of time icing himself, and take you on a whistle-stop journey through the windmills of his mind. I, a mere fan, listen agog, giggle excitedly and try and draw comparisons with my own rather more mundane existence. All episodes of Middle Please Umpire are available right now from your favourite podcast providers. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Uh, psychic Josh, sidekick Josh, is at Soho House as usual. Hi, Josh. Boyd, great to be here on the on a day after we've relegated Sam Allardyce. What a joyous day! I thought there was going to be nothing to be happy about this season, but in the end, there was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, still, we can still. We'll discuss this later, but we can still finish above Spurs. That's another thing we could achieve. I, I can point out four points behind, three games to go. Anything can happen. Let's address that. Um, our our uh, very lovely guest today is Matt Mason, who I like to call the um, sensible voice of Arsenal on Twitter, on social media and Twitter. Matt, hi, Matt. Hi, Boyd. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very well. Like Josh, uh, celebrating, relegating Sam. Uh, to paraphrase Arson, that's like a trophy. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel it's it been a successful season. Imagine if you finish above Spurs, there'll be like two trophies. Yeah, it's the yeah. double. Yes, yeah, so it's the new double. <laughs> it's officially the new double. We've coined the new double. Sending West Brom down, finishing above Spurs. That is that is our new Arsenal double in 2021. Um, you said last week 
on May the 7th on Twitter, you tweeted this, Matt. You said, it's hard to be objective about your club. And the idea of a former captain turning around the club's on-field fortunes was romantic and seductive. I believe you're talking about Mikel Arteta there. I am, yes. Um, But that performance you were talking about um, against Villarreal, while desperately needing a goal with all that attacking talent, should penetrate the rosiest spectacles. Are you saying, let's, let's kick it off with a big question. Should we get rid of Mikel Arteta right now? Is that what you're saying? No, uh, I'm saying that we should probably accept that we should have some very serious doubts about him. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, that performance, as I say in that tweet, what we needed to do that night and what, you know, what they ended up doing, it's just unforgivable, really, unforgivable. Um, and it was, it's almost as if, you know, he put together essentially a front five and said, right, we're going Cavalier, all-out attack. And then just as they left the dressing room, he said, but don't forget, we've left Thomas on his own. So, you know, maybe don't attack as much as you want. And they were just, I, you know, so many people used the handbrake phrase, but, but it just looked like a first half, particularly a team in two minds that didn't really know what they wanted to do. Yeah, that's true. Before we continue, I must actually mention... I meant to do this at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, sorry, everyone. Uh, I must mention that um, we've got, um, we're using HyperX headphones, Josh, as I'm sure you're aware, headsets. Um, they're makers of premium gaming peripherals, HyperX, and they're offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full-price gaming headset range throughout May. Terms and conditions apply. If you head on over to uk.hyperx.com to read the terms and conditions and use the discount code ARSENAL, as in the name of the football club we all love and support, ARSENAL, once at the checkout, um, you can get your 20% off. And I've got loads of um, headsets myself. They're very good, as of you, Josh, I believe. Um, yeah, very, uh, very nice. Uh, I mean, there are very few perks to doing this podcast. Yeah. Mainly, I just get to hear about all the things you get sent as a, an important TV showbiz journalist with your Ultra HD Sky and free popcorn and whatever yeah. else you get sent when you're enjoying new releases on TV. So there's a real novelty to being sent something. So uh, thank you to them. Hasn't made up for the disappointment this season. No. But there you go. No. Do you agree? So back to the, the matter at hand. Sorry, I meant to say it right at the beginning of the podcast. Um, uh, do you agree with Matt that um, we shouldn't get rid of Arteta? Um, but that game exposed some pretty major issues in his managerial ship. Yeah, I think it was the most disappointed I've been at a game in the whole season because to get to a semi-final, to play that badly in the first leg, person be totally outplayed and lucky we weren't 3-0 down and a fortuitous penalty. It felt like you were given a second chance to get back into the tie. So, we just went out with um, so little fight. And it looked like we were nervous from the beginning. It almost looked like we were the ones that had to hold on and hang on and it was going to be like desperate defending. And the, the players just had fear from the outset. And the system wasn't right on the night. And there were a lot of poor individual performances. And yeah, we could have scored and so close from Aubameyang on the header at the end. But I don't think it would have been... Deserve So to go out with that limpness was so upsetting, but I don't think we can pull the plug on Arteta. I think they've shown so much faith. What's been interesting is Arteta's comments. I think that he has been 
not taking too much of the blame upon himself, maybe, um, in a way that I think he, he could take a bit more responsibility. Um, but we'll, he'll get a couple of months now to to reassess, to change the squad up. And it feels like three months into next season in November, if it hasn't improved, you, you can't make a, a, a real defence for why he should be given more than more than that, I think. Is that where you're, sort of where you're at, Boyd, with it? No, I'd get rid of him. Um, I think, um, I mean, I agree with, I think, I think that, I think that game exposed a real problem with him. And I'm not sure if, and that problem is, is it's not, it's not, um, I don't think it's down to lack of experience. I think it's down to the kind of person he is. And I think he's kind of showing us who he is really. And um, I think who that is a little bit is a determination to show how brilliant he is uh, above and beyond the obvious things to do. So he overthought the first leg against Villarreal. We, we all we all said it then. And then he did it again in a different way um, in the second leg with that 4-1-4-1 that Matt was talking about, which, you know, so you've played, you've suddenly decided to play another new formation on a team that's been, been playing perfectly well with the kind of, you know, we call it 4-2-3-1 or whatever, just not that formation. And just leaving Partey on his own, I mean, unbelievable. I felt really sorry for him. He hasn't had a great time recently, but anyway. Um, the whole thing, it was just shocking. It was a really shocking just thing to do. And th- then they get to the substitution. I mean, the substitution of Aubameyang, you've got 10 minutes to go in the most important game of the season in, the, in a semi-final of a cup. And you take off your proven goal scorer, your best proven goal scorer, who's already had two really good chances, kind of carved almost out of nothing. And he's hit the post and you take him off to put on Lacazette. I mean, if you can bring on Lacazette, fine. Bring him on as well. I mean, in the end, we ended up with like every attacker, every other attacker left anyway. And Ketty, what's Nketiah going to do? I mean, fucking hell. Anyway, so that decision, I know it's only a substitution, but I think that decision and how he set them, set us up and sent us out with the handbrake off, et cetera, was so crass and delusional and all of that. And I think it's down to his, his stubbornness and, his, his, as I say, his, his determination to show how brilliant he is, more brilliant coach he is. And I think he's got that, he's got quality to him now that's really pissing me off about his, his, his post-match interviews. And I know these things are a bit, I'm, I'm being a bit personal, but he's got that thing where he cuts off the interviewer almost halfway into their, into their question because it's all a bit beneath him. And, this is, and, and so I think actually his response to, in the post-match interview after West Brom, where, he, where some people like Negro thought he was slagging off Emil Smith-Rowe and complimenting William, if you look at Twitter. And I don't, with all due respect to Legrove, I don't think he's right. I think he was, but because he was kind of so like being too quick with his answers and, and, and mumbling and being confusing and interrupting the interviewer. It, it, it's all it, things he says now end up being completely ridiculous. And as you say, not taking the responsibility that he should be taking. And I could rant all day about it, but I don't see why we should waste time with a rookie manager who's proven himself to be flawed psychologically and tactically flawed when you see the effect that Chelsea have when they want, got Tuchel and you see the effect that plenty of other teams have, find just go out and find the best available man, coach that there is and we will do better than we will under Arteta. That's my opinion. Am I being simplistic, Matt? Uh, yeah, slightly, <laughs> because uh, my, my hesitation over getting rid of Arteta is the dearth of choices out there. I think we have to be realistic about who we are, where we are, 
Um, I mean, if you're if you're one of the most coveted managers in football, do you want to work with that board and that squad? I'm not sure you do. I mean, look at look at the trouble Spurs are having finding a manager at the moment. I think we find ourselves in a very similar situation. I, I mean, off the top of your head, if you were Josh Cronkay, who would the three managers you'd be looking at now be? Realistically. Um, that's a good question. Um, I mean, when you, when you say realistically, that's the yeah. thing, isn't it? It's like, um, you know, to me, realistically is that we are still a draw, even though we're almost certainly not going to be in Europe, right? Um, and we are, and there's that board. But somehow, like other clubs, like Everton got really got a world-class manager this season, right? And they're going to finish above us pretty much, obviously. And he's done, and I don't think we're the strongest squad as what we've got. Certainly their first team. This is the a long way around. Is. I will answer your question eventually. But I would, so I'm going to say Allegri, I'm going to say Simeone. You know, these are world-class managers and i'm saying it, it may not feel realistic but i i just think if they go out there and ruthlessly i mean we talked about ruthlessness it's used that word doesn't he arteta rather and irritatingly as well i think if our the people in charge of the club go out and approach those people and say look we're gonna you know i, I think they'd consider it <laughs> so that's the kind of thing i'm looking i'm, I'm fantasizing about Maybe Brendan I mean, Rogers. Maybe yeah. Brendan Rogers. Well, I mean, Bre- Brendan Rogers always gets uh, his, his name, and um, he probably should try and get his name in sort of February, March into these conversations because <laughs> April and May never quite seems to have the uh, same impact for him. I know it'd be incredible if they managed to find a way to. They're get still going to finish above us. They're still easily going to finish above us. Another they are going to finish above us, which is, um, yeah, sad state of affairs. Uh, Allegri is, is is definitely the one who who sort of tops the betting. Not that there's sort of an active market at the moment, because I don't think there's widespread thought that Arteta is under pressure. I guess some of it plays into whether our owners change, although that feels like a very unlikely scenario, really, when all is said and done. Um, if there were new owners and the legends that have been attaching themselves to that are involved in some way, you could imagine there might be a a change change in the in the dugout. But um I, I still think you're right, Boyd. I mean, we're still an attractive enough proposition. We are would be members of the Super League for a reason. And I'm not doing that to kind of be uh you know to 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 sort of diminish what we were discussed about and how much we were disgusted by it. But it did show our pulling power in terms of commercial and how maybe we're viewed around the world. So I think there'll always be a desire to be Arsenal manager. And and you know what? If you come into Arsenal now, you can't fuck it up anymore, can you? Like, we're not going to come worth a nine or ten. Like, what's the danger? Like, we come 12th? I mean, you are literally coming to Arsenal at their lowest moment in 25 years. And maybe that's actually, to some people you know, a great challenge, try and take them back to, to their former greats. Like I honestly, um, you know, I, I don't know. Am I being, you know, maybe I'm being, uh, too optimistic. You, to just no, think I think you're right. kind of at rock bottom. I hope this is rock bottom. Right. I mean, I think they talked about that on TV on Thursday night. Is this rock bottom for Arsenal? And it has to I be. I think right? it is. I think it also Matt, also my other, the other thing I'd say is even if those, 
those um, obvious world-class coaches aren't available. And even if they would turn us down um, and I, in an ideal world, you line up someone and then you sack Arteta. That's, that's, that, that's the dream. They line up a world-class experienced coach, proven successful manager or coach slash coach, and then get rid of Arteta and, and do that thing. Very quick thing that we never seem to be able to do, but you know, I'd fantasize that that could happen. Even be, even if we don't get one of those people, um, I think it's got to the point where we are rock bottom and just a refreshment of the of the situation is needed. And I know that seems very simplistic again, not to use that word, but I'm, I know I am being simplistic. I'm, I'm fully aware of it. But you know what? I don't think, I look at Arteta and how tetchy and irritable he is. And I know it's, it's you know, he looked like he'd been crying after the um, Villarreal game. I mean, he looked absolutely, he looked, he looked just shocked and didn't know how to deal with it. But because he's completely inexperienced and hasn't has and, and doesn't know how to deal with any of this stuff, I don't know, I don't trust him to do that much better, maybe a bit better next series, season. Whereas I think a full refresh of the coaching team with even if it's and I'm going about to what I'm about to say, I, I, I caveat with I'm just saying if I'd rather have one of those, but someone like Thierry Henry, I know, I know, I know, but someone like Thierry Henry would have more respect than Arteta has, I think, with this in the dressing room. I don't think they have much less respect than anyone than they have for Arteta right now. I think his mistakes have been so blatant to them. You know, people like people like Obama Yang, you know, aren't stupid, they see what he's done. Whereas I think. Someone like Thierry Henry could come in. He's not my first choice, but someone like that. If they, if if the board ends, I could see the board going. Oh, let's get a legend in. You know, um, a real proper actual legend who's had some experience of management. Management, not great, not particularly successful, uh, or a Vieira, whatever. It'd still be better than Arteta. Uh, what I'm about to say <laughs> should not be read as an endorsement of Martin <laughs> Keown for <laughs> Arsenal manager. But I think one of the biggest indictments of Arteta's handling of the semi-final came in the post-match analysis on Thursday night when Keane, who I'm not a fan of as a pundit, um, made a number of sort of points about fundamentals that are obvious to someone who's played football like Keane has that should be obvious to Arteta that Arteta had missed. I mean, one of them was you don't, you know, you don't build, rebuild the club, get the club moving forward again uh, with young players like he's done and then expect young, inexperienced players to be able to absorb and handle the formation changes they had to over those two legs. And there there were a number of points he made that just felt like footballing fundamentals that Arteta had missed. And in that respect, you do think that someone sensible, conservative even could come in and steady the ship and progress us better than perhaps Arteta can next season. Whether that's Thierry Henry, I don't know. Oh no, no, no! I, I'm just saying. But I was almost that. I was, I was using that example as I think probably if 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 we looked at what the the, the owners, what the Cronkies, I guess it's Josh Cronkie is going to make the decision. I assume you know. I mean, Stan doesn't give a shit. Um, and Josh is is seemingly the the person in charge, like succession. You know, he I, I feel he's the he's the least idiotic cronky who's who's um, who's now actually in charge of our team. And, the only um, one um, Stan hasn't made play bore on the floor. Exactly, exactly. Do you watch Succession, Josh? Josh, say that again. Bob? Do you watch Succession? 
No. Oh, you need to watch it. It's basically you could you could see read the whole thing through the prism. It's about a very very rich media magnet and the way and his very and his sons and his sons and heirs and including a daughter. Um, and um, it's kind of like Murdoch the drama. But you see, um, it's but, it's your job to watch these things. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not expecting you to watch it. I'm just I'm just explaining to you and the listeners. So anyway, but it's a, but his sons are generally like a bunch of a bunch of absolute doofuses slash morons. But he then gives them huge amounts of power and various elements of his business. So this feels like Josh Cronkey feels like he's a, he's, a, he's a character in succession. But anyway, he will make the decision. I'm assuming, and uh, maybe he will talk to Vinay as well at the same time. I guess. Um, and with the other people, Edu, I don't know, I don't know. Um, but what, but what I'm saying is, I feel like it's almost more likely they'd go for someone like that, even though, um, of course, Thierry Henry's thrown his lot in with Eck, hasn't he? With um, the new, but I still think they'd go for a legend, maybe re- realistically, who'd love the the chance to manage Arsenal over a, a, probably a quite very expensive, um, world class coach who's proven themselves to be. Uh, highly experienced and good, and therefore, why would they necessarily join Arsenal right now? So it's more like someone like that might might be more likely. But I still, but going back to the point that you just made, those basics, yeah, those fundamentals, it's incredible. I mean, it's just his substitutions and all of those decisions and all the and the way he set us up for those legs. I don't know. I don't know if he's someone who's gonna gonna learn from that. Learn from that and go. Oh yeah, I made a mistake. He seems very reluctant to me to, to admit those really big mistakes. I mean, I guess most managers are reluctant because then they portray themselves as a bit of an idiot. Um, this is a long and rambling way of me saying back to my main point, which is that a refresh is, is is needed. And I'm not sure. And I think it goes beyond getting you know half of our players out of the squad and all of that. I think it really gets down to the coaching. What has he achieved? On the, like, what do you think he's actually achieved? We're nearing the end. There's three more games to go, right? I mean, I would say he's improved our defence, right? I think we've got the fourth best defence in the league. I was just about, I'm just checking the uh, table now. That's pretty... I mean, that's good. Yeah, we've let him... You know, I think it's pretty much the fourth. Um, but all I'd say to that is, so I'm going to give him credit for that, Matt. But equally, it's like... I don't feel like our defence has been fixed. I feel like it's just an improvement on the terrible, terrible defence of the last few years. And that he's imposed a kind of structure first. He's imposed that boring structure on the team which has meant that we do let in fewer goals but actually we find it much much harder to come back from 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 um letting a goal in than we ever did before so kind of the the positive side of that defense is almost like completely dissipated and it's and it's kind of pointless in a way yeah yeah i mean and the the biggest problem is that he has you know he has improved the defense he's he's overseen the improvement or the rejuvenation of certain defenders, like Callum Chambers and Rob Holding. Um, but he doesn't play a settled enough back four to you know, ever build on those improvements because, you know, those those players don't know who they're playing with from one week to another. And he hasn't really... I don't think he's developed Gabriel enough. I think, you know, I think he, he came in at the start of the season and looked like a, a really good buy raw but a goodbye and then he got exposed a little bit which happens I think when you know um, as part of a player's progression in the first season at a new club and in a new country but I worry that he sort of gave up on him a bit and hasn't you know we haven't worked hard enough um to improve him as a player um and as far as his achievements as you, you have to say the the blossoming continued blossoming of Saka because don't forget he was playing before Arteta arrived and 
Smith Rowe, uh, you know, Arteta's hand was forced, but he didn't really have anyone else to play. But yeah. Yeah. you know, Smith Smith Rowe has been excellent um, in twenty twenty one, and it's you know how much of it is Arteta we don't know, but it's been on Arteta's watch, so you have to give him credit for that. I think Pepe's improved as a player. I think you can look at a lot of individual improvements, but it's putting it together in a formation and a tactical system that works, which is where Arteta's failing at the moment. He does give up on players, doesn't he, Josh? That's so true that about, about Gabriel. I, I feel like Gabriel is a really good player who started the season pretty well and then made, you know, had a couple of, that had he was injured, wasn't he? Came back from injury, was a bit rusty and then kind of like he was, he cut loose, you know, didn't play in the big, bigger games. Um, and I feel like Martinelli, like, hasn't played nearly enough as he could have played him up front. He didn't have a brilliant game, but he hauled him off much faster than he normally hauls off any other first player. I thought that was, was like, he was trolling us by finally giving yeah. us like a 59th minute substitution, but then taking off the player that Martinelli. everyone wanted to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you look at like the spine of our team, like include Gabriel, like Leno, Gabriel, um, party, party, or Bamiyang. I mean, they have not had good seasons, have none of them. I've had good seasons and they started off okay. I remember saying on this podcast after like the first few games of the season, thinking, oh, we've got a really good spine there. You know, and thinking that's, you know, that's going to keep us, keep us at least that's something. But actually the spines turned out to be a complete disaster in, in many well, ways. Well, the spine has, has gone. I mean, for the first um, something like it must have been, I don't know, dozen games of the season, Gabriel played every game by one. I'm pretty sure, apart from where Anfield, and this was like, okay, you know, not every performance was outstanding, but we had a, you know, we knew where we stood. Um, and then obviously had the injuries, and really in the last couple of months, it's been one game in, one game out, one game in, one game out. So, um, you know, of course now he's played Newcastle and West Brom, but you know he missed the Everton game. He played full. It's just not been um, that level of of consistency. And, haven't really been able to easily pick who our centre-back pairing is, is going to be over the last couple of months. And that's, that's a pretty unusual um, situation. And then we had the strange situation, didn't we, where, um, you know, Arteta alluded to Granit Xhaka not being able to play at the last minute against Villarreal as a, you know, having a huge impact potentially on, on the game where really Tierney is, you know, even pretty fit instead of fully fit would be pretty much in all of our in all of our teams. It was almost like a, you know, why is it a, re- a regression to have, you know, our first choice outstanding left back brought into the team if he was able to play in, you know, it was, uh, it was frustrating. So that whole spine of what you probably would have thought about of being Gabriel, Thomas Partey, Aubameyang has not been there. Um, and and, um, and it's mean, never really looked like being being there at any point. Yeah. So even even you know all the way back to the goalkeeper hasn't been as you know reassuring as as maybe previous seasons. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, backwards. It's, Partey it's started Partey started really well. Went it's gone backwards. But I felt for um, him on Thursday yeah, night. He looked. No, crap. I, I don't blame him for that. Yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think I think he's looked a bit. He is like what he does a lot is is um, try stuff. Kind of blunders in. I use that slightly unfortunate word and, and kind of doesn't quite pull off a, a, a pass and then gets the ball gets taken away from him. That happens quite a lot um, more than you'd expect for someone of, of his reputation anyway. But Matt, the other thing that, that Josh, Josh quite rightly mentions the, um, the Saka 
the Xhaka Zaka left back situation. And again, didn't if we're talking like the big, big. I started this this bit of the podcast by talking about his achievements in the defense, and I'm now back into his absolutely disastrous fuck ups, right? Because for me, the the when Tierney got injured and the playing Xhaka there has totally has been an absolute disaster. And and in terms of particularly in the in the European games in in the semi-finals, um, but as we saw in the game yesterday. With Saka on left back, he worked really well, and it's like again, did he forget that Saka's perfectly capable of being an incredible attacking force and isn't a bad defender either? I mean, it, 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 and yet that whole that moving Xhaka into that position completely unbalanced the team. It meant that we missed Xhaka's influence in midfield, and we had to play Sabios, El Nenny, whoever, and we had to play that terrible formation last week with Paul Partey on on his own. It's just like that. It's another huge, huge cock up, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's doubly frustrating. It's frustrating watching Saka play so well at left back yesterday, but also recalling Arteta's first few months in charge, where he would play three at the back with uh, two in midfield, one being Xhaka, and Xhaka would drop in at left back and allow Saka, who was a left wing back, to operate more like a left winger when we were going forward, and it was very successful. I think it was a very important part of Saka's development as well. And, you know, look at the players he had available on Thursday night. Um, you wonder, was he going to try that till um, Xhaka's injury? I don't know, because he's shown no signs of, of doing it in recent weeks or recent months. But it was a very successful thing for him. And it just seems, you know, if his... if Arteta's lawyer was here now. He'd be banging the table saying speculation a lot. But <laughs> it just seems like it's another thing where the whole world is crying, why don't we do that? And Arteta's going, I don't want to do the obvious thing. I want to be smarter than that. I want to be cleverer than that. Yeah, after the game, on, uh, he was asked about the effect that the last-minute injury on, on Xhaka had, and he basically said it was massive. And like you, I was expecting, you know, most managers would go, oh, no, we should have dealt with that. But no, he was like, yeah, it, it completely ruined our preparation and completely ruined the plan, and it was an absolute disaster, almost implying what you were saying, that he was planning on, you know, a, a more significant rearranging of the players, um, and that ruined everything. But I thought it was quite, I mean, quite tragic in a way that he was so willing to say that was a map I mean he, obviously getting a player a player getting injured in the warm is is, is 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 never good obviously that's but it's happened before we've seen it plenty of times and and you don't and we had enough good players is you know in that first half to not play like that yeah. and um give ourselves no chance in that game it's just so depressing maybe we should have a little break Josh and try and um look for some positives, talk more about the uh, game over the weekend, which we did win, to be fair. Talk about the amazing, amazing uh, flowering of Willian, etc. after this break. If you want an e-bike that doesn't look like it's made for the shopping precinct, something that's less Mr Bean... And more Steve McQueen. Check out the range of bikes from London-based Cooler King. From dope 250-watt city bikes to Harley Bobber-inspired 750-watt beasts that can tear your face off while leaving your smile intact. Cooler Kings are made in limited numbers. 
yet highly affordable. Check them out now on the web at cooler.bike or find them on Instagram with hashtag CoolerKingBike. Cooler.bike. E-bikes that are cool AF. Ah, we're back from the break. The other, while, sorry, Josh, while we're doing big, big fuck-ups, I'm calling this podcast Big, fuck, big Arteta Fuck-Ups of the Season. It's a special. It's turned into a special. Willian. I mean, so obviously he's, he finally scored. Brilliant free kick. Credit to him, etc. But what a disastrous signing. What a disastrous... The whole Why are you th- picking on Willian now? Come on, boys. Because I'm, I'm on a roll of absolute disastrous... Yeah, but Arteta come on, fuck nothing up you He scored a great goal. This will kickstart his Arsenal career. <laughs> and he's going to be revered that? and loved like Brady, Rocastle, Burkamp and Henri within a couple of months. So don't worry about him. Um, no, I, I just... Um, I think we know what we've got from, from Willian. And look, Arteta in those post-match comments did say... Alluded to kind of well, we we know. I mean, he's a player you can expect it of, unlike the youngsters that you, you should be demanding more from him. And you, you just wonder, like, had it gone well in that first three four weeks, then he wouldn't have become the figure that he has almost for the Arsenal fan base this year. But you know, he's got another two years in his deal. He's not going to get a better offer to leave the club. So we we are stuck with him. And you just hope there's slightly better season ahead next season. So if he at least finishes this one well and. I, it it must play on you. I mean, I I, I mean, he wasn't brought it in as a goal me. scorer, but it um, to to be as ineffective in front of goal as he has been um, must play on him. So to yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, I, I was generally like you know I don't know it, was, it did bring a smile to my face seeing seeing that goal go in. You want to see the best of him. I know you're looking for positives though, aren't you? Ahead of new season, um, I'm still, I'm still want to, I still want to hear Matt talk about William before we go into positives. All right, I've got a positive for you. After. Okay, is it true, Matt? Is what Josh is saying true that that we have to keep hold of him because we must be able to get rid of him somehow? I mean, I, I feel like this. Well, is have a you got best. a receipt, Boyd? What do you think he's from, John Lewis? I mean, come on, we've got two more years on a deal. <laughs> deal is not going to get better elsewhere. Get rid of him. We can't, we can't afford to spend 150, 200 grand a week on an absolute. He's not only is he had, I think your phrase had bad luck, however, not be great in front of goal. I mean, forget that he's been a negative he comes on he came on in that fucking Villarreal goal it was like having going down to 10 men that's what happens when he's been at, he's been one of the worst signings in the history of Arsenal I'm not and I, and I you know I, I don't think that's any exaggeration so I think an urgent piece of business is how the fuck do we get rid of him Matt uh, I'm not sure we can I I mean I, I hope his deal is very performance structured <laughs> because if the numbers flying around for his second and third year are guaranteed, then I think you're right. We're not. No one else is going to offer him a better deal. Um, I mean, it was it was so telling yesterday that watching the celebrations. That's the first time I'd seen him smile in an Arsenal shirt. I think. Yeah. yeah. You know, and we're in May. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know, my uh, my nine year old asked for a, a Willian shirt for Christmas. Um, <laughs> I I did my best to dissuade, to dissuade him, but he wasn't going to have it. And then he he began to understand the sort of malaise that Willian represents, and he's been very disappointed because he gets people commenting on his shirt. Oh, brilliant! So he feels let down by Willian, and he actually, when they lined up over the free kick, he said Pepe's not going to take it, is it? Is he? And I said, no, I think Willian's going to take it. He said, I'm going to bed. 
and he went off to bed before it went in. And I think that just I think that just sums everything <laughs> oh. up. Is that I think we've all given up on Willian. Um, and the more serious point is, I think there's probably there probably was a player in there, but I don't think Arteta's used him properly. I don't think. You know, I think he's probably better going outside fullbacks on his right foot. He's never asked to do that. Um, and yeah, the reason right. he looks the reason he looks so unhappy is he, he probably doesn't like the system he's playing in. And he probably regrets the move as much as we do. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah, I feel I am feel a huge amount of um sympathy with your son having having the having the Willie. <laughs> It must be uh, that must be there can't be many, can there? William William shirts. I yeah, mean, I'm sure I'm sure classic football shirts or someone will pay me a lot of money for it in a few years. I, I think probably there are a decent amount of William shirts out there, but not that were purchased in December onwards. So you've probably got no, quite yeah. a rare, yeah, yeah. A rare yeah. one on that spreadsheet. I can imagine yeah. it's all there and gradually decreases, and then you're the one in December. Yeah, uh, when we signed, I, I think you're absolutely right about his position. I mean, he's been played out of position, yeah, and, and you know what, the, what the fuck. But actually, Chelsea, like one of my friends, Chelsea fan friends, said, you know, when we bought him, we could not believe it. Absolutely, could not believe it that you know that because because they didn't like him either. You know, like I don't, I don't know many Chelsea fans that had much dick comment, much to say about him that was very positive. Every now and then, he can do a free score a free kick, like like he did. I think he's, you know, I mean, even that's you can count on the fingers of one hand actually how many free kicks he scored. Um, that's not enough to to pay 150, 200 grand a week for. Um, so it's almost it's yeah. almost like William's got an agent who's been involved in several yes. deals. Yes, yes. imagine that. Um, Boyd, you did want positives for next yeah, season already, though. Yeah. It's been a long time since we played in the second round of the League Cup. That could be a novelty <laughs> factor that we can look forward to. Fuck you. <laughs> Usually we don't have to do that. I remember the glory days of like Arsenal. I think Arsenal Hartlepool one year, I remember being taken to, to Highbury for a barely half full Highbury to see a, a, League, a League Cup second round game. But it's actually, you think about how many times we go to the Emirates, you know, a season, obviously we've got 19 league games, a potential a cup. You know, we we would have had um, was seven seven I think. You know, uh, you know Europa like Europa League games that we will will not have the opportunity to be at next year. I mean, just in terms of number of trips to the Emirates, it'll be you know massively uh, massively lower, um, which would be a side and just uh, you know it will it'll be a shame all that opportunity for you, Boyd. I know you mainly go to go to your French restaurant beforehand, and the game is sort of a. You know, nice if you it's make more it. Turkish. It's more coupon. Turkish. Turkish restaurant, really. On, on yeah. is it? Have you moved? Yeah, yeah. There was a French one at we one point. We did French of the weekends. It was more French of the weekends, and which I think that restaurant. I think maybe it's reopened in, in Islington, and then we do our, our um, Turkish restaurant well, um, in, on weeknights. Yeah. Those, well, those, I presume it means we have a lot more Saturday three o'clocks next year because we're not going to have to be the Sundays. Well, when I say three o'clock, who knows if that's coming back or if we're going to stay with this staggered existence we have. But uh, a lot more Saturdays, I mm. suspect. What are you going to say, Matt? Uh, just that I've seen you in the Turkish restaurant a few times, oh. actually, Boyd. It's <laughs> always so so busy in there, you can't it's, get anyone's attention. It's very busy. It's very, very busy, isn't it? Um, I, guess the, I guess, I mean, there is the point, isn't there, that Without European games, and yeah. we're assuming has anyone done that? You know, you're really deluded when you try and work out. Actually... I was doing it. Oh, I've been doing it, boy. I'm all across it. Yeah, good. Basically, and um, what are the results of your of your survey? The, I mean, obviously, 
first and foremost, we have to win all three games. So yeah. if people are listening to this on Thursday morning, it'll be entirely redundant. Yeah. Once I mean, we're playing Chelsea because... away on fucking Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, that's... Yeah, so, but essentially what we need is, is West Ham have got three games left. We're, we can allow them three more points. So three draws or one win and two defeats and we can get above West Ham. Now Spurs, we can allow them four points from their three games, but Everton and we, we can allow six, but they've got four games. So it is all conceivable that it could happen. And you know, this season more than others, team beating others who you may not expect them to. But it does need us to get nine out of nine, and then for everything else to fall into place. So I feel like it's about a hundred to one <laughs> shot, and that is only to come seventh to get into this crappy. Europa Conference League, but I bet the yeah. club are desperate that even oh. that. Oh, of course it, they are. It's to be um, Chelsea on Wednesday night, which is a slightly daunting, uh, daunting prospect. But um, yeah, well, slightly, he's hoping slightly. Yeah. Well, I guess the other thing, Matt, is assuming that we are not in Europe next season. There are there are examples on there: Chelsea, Liverpool of teams that had a calamitous rock bottom season like this one we've had. And then they then had a, had a really good recovery the next year and it helped them out of not being in Europe. I mean, that could happen to us, but it doesn't yeah. feel like it, likely. The, the foundations are slightly different in that. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know what Chelsea spent that summer, <laughs> um, you know, but, and they had, that was Conte's season, wasn't it? Yeah. And they, they had a top, experienced manager in place yeah you know the the you know i've i've always tried to use that as a bright side if we're not going to qualify for european football that the reduced schedule might help us but it either involves a new manager or the current manager being backed considerably this summer because you know i i my one sympathy with with arteta is is this thing you know, there have been arguments that say, oh, it's a, it's a COVID season, it's very difficult, and the counter-argument is, well, it's the same for everyone. I don't think it's the same for, say, Ancelotti, who can process a bad patch or a defeat very quickly thanks to his experience, whereas Arteta doesn't actually have the time to learn between matches because as soon as one match is done, the next one's on him and he has to think about that one and he can't look back and reflect. So I think it's difficult for inexperienced managers in that sense and and for that reason, next season might be kinder to him, but I don't think it's going to be the basis for a title charge. No, I don't think it's going to be the basis for a title charge. I was more thinking, you know, top six kind of level of improvement. Well, um, let's set as you know, seventh. Let's look at seventh. Let's look at seventh. Yeah, yeah. This um, the the um, I finally read uh, the. Uh, the new new European thing. What's it called again? The um, Europa Conference. The conference. Uh, it kind of just makes. It's just a way of making the Europa League more complicated, doesn't it? Seemingly, it's like because it means there's got fewer teams in the Europa, and make and, and then they those teams that would have been in the Europa normally, like the seventh place team in our league, for example, will go on to this conference thing. Um, but yeah, so it is embarrassing on that level. I mean, it is because it is the third <laughs> most important European competition, but it's not quite as humiliating. I, I still would you still rather be in it than not in it? I don't know. I mean, maybe a lot of fans would probably not well, be in it at all. I think from a from a club point of view, it, I think it's even still twenty million quid or so, yeah, something just to be in it from the broadcast. So there's there's something there which, when you're in the situation we are, I think you you probably do grab. 
from our side as fans, there has to be a temptation to think, do we need this? If we actually only have 38 Premier League games and possibly a couple of domestic cup games to worry about next season, are our odds of you know getting back into a Champions League position more likely? So as fans, I think there'll be a pretty split in the fan base of going, do we need this? And also, I you know, forget COVID, but certainly with, you know, it's still going to be in our lives in some way and who knows about it. Can you imagine an Emirates Stadium filling for a group stage Europa conference? I mean, it's the whole thing might sort of be fairly sparse and em- embarrassing. So I don't know. I'm I'm split. I'm I'm probably just in the side if I do want it, but that's kind of for selfish reasons of that. I love European away trips and it's something to look forward to and always trying to make one or two every year. And the idea that that won't even be an option is is really sad next year, as it looks like is overwhelmingly likely. Yeah, and there'll be more obscure places to go to as well in the, in that in that competition, won't there? Even than oh arena. yeah big time yeah. there will be some niche uh yeah. niche football trips i think yeah. i feel like you know when you sort of listen to the first 30 seconds of commentary they talk about the last two times these these teams faced each other this will be a lot of and it is the first meeting between uh Liechtenstein's <laughs> domestic cup winners and arsenal uh yeah i think it'll be a lot of uh new places um we've had a few interesting ones haven't we i mean the europa league has, has brought a few uh Ostersons and uh, and others, Dundalks and and whatnot, but this would be uh, even more niche, certainly. Let me ask you this question, Matt. Um, Joe Willock, who uh, you know, has ended up scoring goals on a on a very positive basis for Newcastle. And obviously, should we? Would you what would you rather do? We bring him back and you know try and get him a regular place in the team, or would you rather we sold him if we got if Newcastle offered fifteen twenty million for him? Um, tough one. He's he's used as a stick to beat Arteta with. Um, look at Joe Willock, you know, scoring all these goals for Newcastle. But I mean, most of the time he's been coming off the bench. Yeah. Steve Bruce doesn't trust him to play ninety minutes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's it's not like we uh, we gave Newcastle a world class player and we couldn't see that he was world class. You know, there's still a lot of development to go. Um. I would take 20 million right now if I could trust Edu and Arteta to spend it wisely, but I can't. And the truth is that the bright spots this season is the way players have come through the academy and the way our finances are, are that, you know, we have really lucked out with Saka and Smithrow. We do need people from Highland to turn into first team players um, if the Cronkies aren't going to invest heavily. Um, so that makes me really hesitant to let go of a young player with potential. Um, I feel like we need to get him back and have a look at him, perhaps for the first six months of the season. But then, you know, I would like to see Miguel Aziz as well. Maybe there's more potential mm. in him in the centre of midfield. And, you know, maybe, you know, as I say, if, if the Willock money can be spent wisely, maybe as easy as the young player to hang our hopes on. Mm. And they've got players like Balogun, you know, you'd think, you know, we've just, he signed that contract, you know, he should be, he should be in the, at least in the squad, shouldn't he more often next season? And I mean, these are the positives, I think, aren't they? That we've got, we have got a really exciting 
batch of young players who um, who aren't going anywhere. At least you know they're all on you know they're on fairly decent contracts. Um, and there's a core there, isn't there? Of like, especially if you throw in um, Saliba. I mean, you know, talking about talking about ostracizing players and not. I mean, he, he he's had a perfectly good season apparently for Nice. You know, some some was won some Player of the Month awards, and I mean, he should be he should be welcome back surely and we should you know he could be a regular a regular starter as well so again i'm just not sure if arteta's the man to get the best out of any of those players yeah i mean the the saliba thing it, that's another sort of circumstance where it looks like arteta's being really headstrong that he doesn't yeah. want to even hint that anything to suggest to suggest sorry to suggest that the way it's gone was wrong or incorrect um but then you know you again you have to give credit to Arteta that probably one of his greatest achievements was getting Saka to sign a new contract yeah yeah um so what's happened with the academy you you can't really fault Arteta at the moment I mean he's got plenty of time to mess it up but (laughs) yeah True. Yeah. Okay. We'll um, and, and, and Balogun signed a new contract. What he needs, to, I, you know, Enketia got that run of games at the end of last season, yeah. um, which felt like finishing his hedge, education ahead of selling either Aubameyang or um, Lacazette. So it would be nice to see Balogun or Martinelli get these next three or four games, whether they will or not. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't see the point in playing. Yeah. In, in kind of. I don't. I mean, I I love it. Well, love is a strong word. I like. I've always liked like a Zet, but I, I, you know, surely the, you give... the boy. These are proper games. I mean, we we, we yeah. don't. That's the thing, isn't it? Yeah, you're hope. right. At least right. you hope we can maybe take it to the final day. Yeah, maybe yeah. we'll be in a terrible position final day, needing yeah. like Everton to lose, Spurs to lose, to have any hope. Yeah, but you just want to take it and put a bit of fear because, I mean. Arsenal have a record of getting some extraordinary luck on the final day. You know, we, we probably all remember, was it was it away at West Brom when basically West Brom goalie chucked two in and, and Arsenal ended up, you know, sneaking into the, into the Champions League. We've had Lasagna Gate if we go back, you know, far enough. We, we've had moments, uh, you know, where you could say, well, we've, we've been fortunate and snuck into Europe in the back door, FA Cup final last year. So I just, you know, Wednesday night is a, it is a game where because the season ends, yeah. you know, forget the season probably ending. The season ends with anything but a victory at Stamford Bridge. So I think he'll go. You know, he'll go with full attack. I don't, you know, it's not. Yeah, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. I I, 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 I argue against myself, but I, I, t- I think you're right. I think actually. It's almost annoying, isn't it? That actually, mathematically, we we are capable of kind of that, of getting seventh, and it could happen, as you say. Stranger things have happened. So, on that basis, you think we actually have to? Yes, he just has to pick the best players. At our yeah, and that'll be interesting to see an Arsenal side where it is. There's no point. You know, we lose four 0 at Chelsea. Does does not matter. We we absolutely yeah. Yeah. have to go for it. You know, it's. Um, and that will be interesting to see Arsenal teams completely, hopefully feeling like, I mean, Arteta has referred to a couple of games as free hits that definitely aren't free hits. This is a free hit. Yeah. This is a, you know, what we, we lose, we're expected to lose, you know, to a team that have been in brilliant form, have been defensively extraordinary in the last four or five months under Tuchel. So, yeah, I'm uh, sort of intrigued to see what kind of fight we can, we can put up um, with it. So... Yeah, what do you what do you what are you thinking about this game, Boyd? I mean, I, I know we you know often mm. 
come to predictions I think of you last, but how are you feeling? Not good, good. I mean, yeah, that's the other thing I think is that really, I mean, any sane human being um, would, would not even give us a hope in hell against Chelsea away. I mean, has he, has he lost a game yet, Tuchel? Has he lost a game? Yeah, to West Brom. Oh, West Brom. Yeah, West Brom, they got okay. beat 5 2, but they've also oh, yeah. had like yeah. an incredible, I think it's something like 18 or 19 clean sheets out of yeah. 26, 7 games. Yeah. So it's amazing. I mean, I mean, they're in the Champions League final, you know. FA Cup final. The FA Cup. Are they in the FA Cup? Oh, yeah, the FA Cup final. Um, I mean, I guess he's going to, I guess he's going to rest loads of players, isn't he? That's our one hope. But the problem is, he's he's done that throughout. He's He's mixed and matched, doesn't he? Matt throughout, like as soon as he arrived, he's, he he like plays completely different teams, drops loads of players, but they, on whatever whatever formation and whatever plays he picks, he picks them all in their ideal position, which I think is something that Arteta could learn from. Um, but it's incredible there that, that however he picks, they always do well, and you know they only lost that one game, so it would be a miracle if we got anything from that game. I mean, you, you talk about them dropping players. Sorry to jump in there, Matt. This is also a reasonably important game for them. I mean, they they have to still make sure they do get into the uh, Champions yeah. League and, and Liverpool are, you know, still in contention. I think West Ham probably have, have, have missed their opportunity now with the defeat yesterday, but there, there is still something to play for for Chelsea in the league as well. So I don't think it's an entirely uh, resting uh, situation for them. But yeah, they've managed to chop and change that team as well as anyone uh, has, all, has all season. So you're right. What do you think about this game, Matt? Uh, well, I think the fact that he chops and changes so much, there's, you know, every member of that squad probably thinks there is a chance I can play in the Champions League final. Therefore, anyone who comes in, you know, they're going to be putting in a performance. And I, you know, I'd love, as you say, to see it as, you know, the, the team to see it as a free hit and go all out. But I just think that Chelsea will play at third gear, frustrate us and win one or two nil. And that will be that. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, Sad. I think Olivier Giroud will probably get a game. Oh, don't say that. No, I think he will. I think Chelsea, one or two nil. Two nil will go. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I think we'll score. I think it'll be like a two or three one. I think it'll be three one to Chelsea. Fair enough. I mean, I so hope I'm right. I'd love, I'd love yeah. just to, and it's incredible just to, to put think. the scare up Tottenham yeah. of just like just to get within a you know would obviously get within a point um, potentially by the um, by the end of the game because so I think they um, yeah. when are Tottenham next playing? I think not till not till the Sunday. So yeah, let's uh, yeah be, a, be brilliant just to to get a little bit closer. I was going to say it's incredible to think that we you know us beating Chelsea was I think you know was probably one of the main catalysts of them getting rid of their manager and getting Tuchel in and you know what the fortunes of the both teams since then I mean fucking hell uh anyway um and what's the next what's the game after that we've got um the weekend well we've got this gap of a week from Wednesday oh, we've got to the Wednesday. Gap of a week. Oh, yes, uh, we only have to pick one game few we okay. travel to Selhurst Park where there will be fans presumably given that nothing has changed from Boris's announcement uh in terms so there will be fans at Selhurst Park on the Wednesday so we will do a pod ahead of ahead of that and the final game of the season at home to yeah. Brighton yeah yeah um yeah it's weird isn't it? having a week off of football not playing at the weekend that's bizarre well, it's because of the cup finals, because yeah. Chelsea have got the cup final, so we've uh, that game's Indeed. been brought forward a bit. 
indeed. Good, pra- good practice for next season when we've got a week between <laughs> each game. Before we before <laughs> yeah. we go, we should uh, just reference Matt has has been doing this. We're all doing this on Zoom. He's got a football behind him. You said it's signed by Patrick Vieira. It is, yes. And which uh, magazine should this have been a giveaway from that never happened? Um, I think it was Match Magazine or possibly Total Sport. Um, and I apologise to the readers of Match Magazine. In What's that ball look like? Oh, maybe that's... 2000? Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so that's probably Total Sport. Also, I have a signed Real Madrid shirt from the um, Real Madrid squad 2000, signed by every player that should have gone to a reader. But unfortunately, the magazine closed before we could give it away. So... Uh, well, if anyone's listening and they want to complain, they want to they want to claim their shirt or um, signed Patrick Vieira football. Um, yeah, I thought you were about to just suggest we do a competition now. Oh, and, no, no, no! And I'm not going to steal. Find... I'm not going to steal Matt's excellent memorabilia at all. No, that would be that would be. There's a Q award there in the background as well. It's what's that for? Yeah, that's. Um... That's my Q award when I left Q. Uh, Matt, yeah, Matt used to be editor of Q. Um, and uh, there's Will Smith's Smash Hits Award somewhere in here. But, um, <laughs> I don't have it to hand. That is it. That, that is because that is also an iconic, lovely Premier League ball. And to be signed by our, the main man, that is, that is a cool thing to have in the office on the background of a Zoom. Um, I can offer no such thing at the moment. I need to work on it. Boydo, so what do you yeah. reckon? We'll, we'll, we'll be back next week, hopefully still within a sniff of a chance of Europe, but uh, I'm not too yeah. sure. No, I mean, we won't. I mean, if we beat Chelsea, then, God, I mean, you'd have to... You'd have to, four, I'd have to four-year reassess. deal for Arteta if we yeah. beat Chelsea. <laughs> four-year boy, deal for Arteta. Um, you know, Willian will play against his old team, score a hat-trick, um, give him a pay rise, new contract... Etc. No, none of those things. Matt, it's been a joy. As ever, thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for having me. Cheers, Josh. And we will, as Josh says, be back next week. Bye. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.